Welcome to the Alchemy of Success podcast. I'm Vince Fusco. In the last 15 years, I've done everything from stagehand to award-winning director, husband and father of two, creative marketing expert, and professional growth and success coach. I specialize in helping people find their purpose, reach their goals, and realize their dreams, while building their confidence and self-love to live a life at their full potential. This podcast is dedicated to the exploration of the human experience, the drivers of, and the physical, mental, and spiritual metrics we measure success by. From personal life stories to inspiring tales from special guests, we'll be sharing our journeys of success and what it is to us. My hope is that this show will serve as a source of personal inspiration to spark your curiosity and ignite your mind, body, and spirit to your own brilliance. So you too can thrive in finding your own alchemy of success. Hey everyone, welcome to the first solo episode of the Alchemy of Success. I'm Vince Fusco. I'm glad you're here. Um, firstly, just wanted to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so grateful that you guys are here uh, time and time again. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time and for those who have been here from the beginning, Thank you. That's incredible. And I'm really humbled and overwhelmed by all of the support that has been shown to me and the podcast over the last eight weeks. So many people have reached out to me to discuss topics, their feedback, their experiences that they've opened up about, uh, I guess, with me. Um, yeah, so it's it's been really connecting, to say the least. I've really enjoyed receiving your feedback, your messages, um, people who are asking, you know, when can we come on the show? Absolutely. I've got, you know, we've got a list now, which is um, fantastic. And I'm so thankful again to all of the, the guests that have shared their stories to date. So many of you shared stories for the first time, um, which again is such a brave and vulnerable thing to do. And I, and I really want to celebrate that. So Thank you for um, for letting me be the one to be your conduit or your vehicle to, to share some of these stories. Today's episode is, well, I don't know really. Like it's, it's Joya says to me, it's time you have a, a single episode. And this is something that a lot of you have asked for as well. And I guess I'm still probably feeling a bit self-aware and a bit self-conscious about it to say the complete truth. Um Last week is really what I wanted to talk about today. Last week I had a really, really bad episode of ill health as far as a migraine attack that just was out of control. Um, underlying health issues due to being run down, due to overdoing it. <laughs> um, even, you know, in the midst of a very nice balance and a great flow of work and home life and personal care and, and mindfulness, um, even in all of that. And with the preparedness of knowing what my schedule looks like and everything, you know, my body still managed to take me down on, uh, on Sunday evening. But there are a few other factors that I could have definitely played better into. <laughs> and I want to talk about that a little bit. So I guess um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about burnout because that's something that I'm seeing um, and hearing a lot about at the moment from like peers in my professional workplace, 
um, my clients that I see and consult with, my family, my friends around me, <laughs> myself included. Um, and it's, I think it's just, again, a nice reminder to to share the the signs of burnout or being run down and just, you know, some of the cautions that we should be paying more attention to um, from both our bodies and our surroundings, especially with the change of seasons. I've heard that so much in the last two weeks. Everyone's like, yeah, it's just the changing of the seasons. Everyone's getting sick. It's like, yeah, totally, I get that. But we also know that the seasons are coming and we've all somewhat, I think, prepared and or, you know, I would like to think so. Um, but I, I guess that's how we've been anyway. Like I guess like we knew the seasons are changing, especially with kids. If you've got kids, you're very aware of, all of the disgusting things they're bringing home from child cares and kindies and schools and, and, and whatnot. Um, and that's been a bit of a repeated cycle in our house as well for the last, you know, eight to 12 weeks, which, so I guess on top of all of that, or underneath all of that, rather, um, as a result of last week's illness, um, I, okay, well, maybe I'll just tell that story quickly and then, and then we'll go from there. So, Last uh, Thursday week ago, I received um, my Botox injections. So that's 31 injections just under the skin um, administered by Dr. Cass, who um, one of my, my guests earlier this, this year. He, um, so we did the Botox. We're chatting about all of the wonderful things that have just happened. So um, if you are a chronic migraine sufferer, if you're a headache sufferer, if you're an, um, anybody in, I guess, my community that I've spoken with regarding the antibody treatment that um, that I'm on. So I'm currently on Ageavy, which is effectively a brand. Um, but just recently in the national budget, Emgality, another brand of antibody um, has been approved on the PBS. Now, this is a huge win for for any patient who is using this medication. It's a huge win for migraine sufferers, for headache sufferers. Anybody who is on this antibody, myself included, it is a huge win um, because the cost of these, these drugs, they started um, – if you were able to get on a private access scheme through your specialist or, or doctor, they started at like $800 a month and that's out of your own pocket. That's not covered by your health fund. Um, you know, we're in a country where we have national health care and still, you know, $800 a month is not a small thing for a family, um, for anybody, <laughs> you know, close to 12K a year. But when you're in this position and you're in this condition, you'll make it work. I know that's something that I've thought about long and hard over the last six months, like since since it was made available to me. That was um, that was something, you know, that's a, that's a whole different conversation, I guess, about that mindset about we go, well, how am I going to now squeeze another 12K, say, a year out of our working environment, our life, our, you know, just to feel good. So, so nonetheless, started at $800 a month. These drugs and their prices have come down significantly over the last six months, which is great. So now it's about $285 to $300 a month for, I believe, both of them. That's what I'm paying for mine, for example. Um, but so having Mgality approved and on the PBS, it's now $41.30, $41.30 a month. That's fantastic um i'm really hopeful 
that age of you get on board and um, the government get on board. And it's not just about like the government approving this one drug just for migraine sufferers, but like headache alone in Australia costs our economy something like three, I want to say $3 billion, but I reckon Dr. Cass will correct me and say it's something even more outrageous, like 30 billion, like 10 times that. But um, like just the amount of people that are out there with these different um, ailments, chronic conditions, be that headache, migraine, fatigue, whatever, um, if this antibody can serve you, to be able to get that at $41 a month is just exceptional to feel normal. <laughs> um, and if AGV and the government get on board with that and have a couple of these drugs on the PBS, that would just make life so much more interesting um, for anybody and everybody who needs it. So I was due for my monthly antibody injection last Wednesday. I was due for that. So on the like 19th of every month, I get that injection. Um, but so like I digressed a little bit, but go back to getting the injections, the Botox injections. So I got the Botox injections. We're celebrating the wins of the Emgality going on the PBS. How cool. Um, thank you, Dr. Cass. Feeling really good. Usually after getting those injections, often on the day after, like definitely that afternoon, your head just feels tender. So I usually get like a little bit of a rebound headache or just some tension across my, my head. Um, or the next day I find I often will come down with like a cold, like symptoms. Do you know what I mean? Like just, it, you just feel flat. Like you feel a bit like you've had 31 needles stuck in your head. So you're a bit stuffy, a bit, um, inflamed. And, um, <laughs> So that was that day. The next day I helped my sister move um, house with uh, with my other sisters and my, my family. And that, it's, it's a fun day. And look, moving is always a, a shit ton of work. Everybody underestimates moving. Um, isn't that just the worst? But so we, we you know, even when you're working as a, a fantastic team and everybody is working hard all day, you're just exhausted. You're just knackered. Like it's so physical. And I guess like feeling already a bit, ugh, I then went and did that. And then there was a wedding that I emceed, which was just one of the most stunning things I've ever seen. What a night. Like, oh my God, the energy in the room, the the overall night, the entertainment that was that we were working with, um, you know, clarino players, drum players, DJs. We've got fireworks going on. It's just the most amazing night. But again, a lot of energy is exerted. Do you know what I mean? Um, a lot of energy on a, on such a night. We had my son's baptism the following day, which again we knew was coming. But I guess like what I'm what I'm then realizing as well is knowing that in the last week before receiving my monthly injection, I usually feel crap anyway because it usually wears off like three weeks in. I should really schedule that week better to have nothing, like to keep my diary somewhat clear. I think for those those weeks just in case but I did not because I could not <laughs> I also felt like I could not in this situation from my own like I did it to myself but like even with I mentioned the preparedness earlier but like I knew what I was signed up for that weekend I knew what I had to execute and not only that then I also had forecast for the week ahead um, knowing that like I had a couple staff down at work we've got a couple of major deliveries and I had actually said to Joya earlier in the <laughs> 
earlier in that week, like as we came into the weekend, I'd said like, okay, I've got to make like this next seven days. Like I've planned this next seven days to execute. Like I'm prepared physically. I'm feeling really good. I'm prepared mentally. I've Like I've written it all down. I've visualized the week. Went through all of like, I guess, my preparation and made it to the end of Sunday night. And again, like I guess just another big emotional day. A lot of things... Um, you know, after after a day of injections, a day of moving house, a night of working a wedding, and and then a day of celebrating your your loved ones, we came home on Sunday night, and honest to God, I just sat on the couch, and my head just started splitting from like this come down, like it was really the first time I had an opportunity to breathe on the weekend at Phil, and this is not a always me podcast. Let me make that very clear. I guess this is sure you guys are like we get it. You've got a chronic migraine we get it man (laughs) but again it's a reminder to myself a reminder to those around me who again like there are a lot of you who in the last two weeks especially I've communicated with you and you've been telling me you're feeling the exact same way like you're crashing you're ill you've been in bed for three days you don't know what's going on you're having symptoms of this you're feeling overwhelmed you're feeling stressed like we are all feeling it so I guess it is a, a reminder, you know, as much as like we're giving one another advice and I'm offering you those those tips as well and, and we're, you know, I'm saying like write things down or like take a day for you and understand that the corporation you work for will be there tomorrow whether you're there or not. They've, they've been around for 100 years. <laughs> Ultimately, they will be there tomorrow. Your health is more important. But, um, you know, it's a reminder. So we crash on the Sunday night. I go to bed. I wake up Monday morning feeling like P. Diddy. No, unless he wakes up feeling like he can't move because his entire body is rigid. And it just felt like I was paralyzed. And in this like most excruciating pain, you know, when you go to bed with a headache and you wake up with a headache and you're so disappointed, like times that by 50, when you go to bed with a migraine, I wake up with a migraine. Fuck that mentally that kills you because especially if it's something that you've dealt with and you wait, you know what I mean? Like you're so hopeful that sleep, sleep will help. Sleep will alleviate the pain because, you know, hopefully you don't feel it while you're sleeping. That's not the case. So I wake up Monday morning feeling completely like Tin Man out of Wizard of Oz and couldn't move, just could not move. Head splitting, paralyzed, lying there. But I also then realized that I'm shivering, which again is a, a somewhat of a an expected, or I guess it's a noted symptom or characteristic of some migraine attacks, like the shakes, body shakes, shivers, erratic movements. And so I'm lying there sort of like shivering, freezing cold, but under a blanket with a tracksuit on and just sweating, like just not good, like very, very much I know this is a fever, it feels like. My throat is raw. All the signs of being run down. Hello. Giant neon sign above me saying, yeah, doy. But again, I guess I was just like, okay, this is happening. So, you know, again, I have to call in sick for work. I can't move. I can't, I'm no good to anybody. Send off the emails I can from the flat of my back. Run a 9am meeting from the flat of my back. And then by 10am be like, no, nah, this is a joke. I've actually got to stop. I need to stop today. I need to let my body do what it's doing because it's fighting something. Like it's not, this feels like 
a really bad migraine episode, I haven't had one take me down or like have me down in bed for 24 plus hours in the last five months since having the treatment, um, the antibody treatment. I've had such fantastic results. There's still a nagging like headache and a bit of, you know, that old, that I guess acceleration of the pain in, in focused areas on, on your head or neck pain or whatever, but like, it's less compounded. It's definitely less constant. And I've just had such great results. I haven't had an attack like this where it fucking knocks you out for months. And again, I think this is why it's it's such a nice reminder that A, my baseline is has always been lower, but I've always operated at a, a different level. Like to maintain to maintain my level of execution and performance on my day-to-day life and the way I want to live and the way I want to operate and the way I want to feel each day and, you know, the experiences I want to have with my family, my workplace, whatever I'm doing, um, I get up and get it done. And you don't realise how bad it was until you feel great and you felt the other end of it and you go, oh, shit, this is, if this is what a normal person feels like, I just would never complain. But then when, you know, the days that last week that I mentioned earlier, like when the, the drug wears off in that sort of fourth week, that, you know, I go back to feeling like lethargic, just flat as a tack. And I'm like, wow, as if this is what I lived like every single day for so long. So it's that reminder that even with the balance, you've, you've got to listen to your body. So I, I lay in bed, ring the chemist to see if I can get my antibodies sooner. They haven't got it in yet. It's due in on that ready for the Wednesday for pickup. So basically I spent Monday through Wednesday in bed sweating through i tried everything so again to alleviate like the migraine um i was taking my prescribed medication i was taking hot showers cold showers cold bath like ice bath to reduce inflammation like across the body salt baths to try and relieve some tension in the, the muscles like magnesium and epsom salts but just couldn't like everything like that, that really did offer some relief, um, some physical relief, but it didn't stop the pain um, at all or the discomfort really. Like it broke Wednesday night. The migraine part broke Wednesday night. I know that I'd posted on Wednesday when I would have posted a podcast saying, um, yeah, like it was hour 63 by that point. So I think in the end we made it to like 75 with the migraine, but it was when the migraine broke. So bless my darling wife, who again, like she was just superwoman last week, you know, two kids, childcare runs. I'm a third child at this point. Literally, like I said, I didn't leave the bedroom or for three days. And that's not in the way that you would, we would want that to be generally, (laughs) but it was, you know, such a testament to her to everything. Just, I can't believe like, unbelievable so she goes and picks up my antibody for me antibody it feels weird saying antibody i'm going to say that as well you guys are probably sick of me saying it you're probably doing like a bingo thing where like he says antibody he says he's a performer he says he has chronic migraine but i I don't know should i just say medication you tell me what you want to hear and i'll say that but antibody like it is what it is um but it does sound weird constantly being like i need this antibody i feel like a spider-man villain do you know what i mean anyway so she picks up my antibody (laughs) And, um, and when, and like, so that I, I injected that on Wednesday night and that felt like the first relief, like within the hour that migraine was, was easing and lifting, which was just sensational. But then 
I looked in the mirror and noticed I had a like a what looked to be like almost like a half a tennis ball sticking out of the side of my neck, like this bulge. Gross. And uh, it hurt, like it just like it just felt like a big bruise. And uh, so I asked Joya, like, can you see? Can you see that? Like I'm looking in the mirror. I look really asymmetrical at this point. She was like straight away, like from across the room, like, yeah, that's full on. So again, that indicates things. So I quickly like jump on Dr. Google, which is the stupidest thing to do. We know this, but like immediately, as soon as I see that I, and I look at my throat, I'm like, Hey, I've just been in bed. I've been had fevers. I've got an ulcer in the back of my throat. So that's a stress ulcer. My throat is inflamed from overuse, probably a little bit of laryngitis in there. I might have a throat infection. I don't have any like blocked sinuses. I don't have any of like those cold and flu symptoms. I'm not coughing. I'm not sneezing. I'm just like got a bad sore throat and this like fucking bulge in my neck, this second human growing on me. <laughs> and and uh, so I'm like, yeah, I think like Joya straight away was like, I think I might be glandular and that's not what you want to hear, obviously, when you've got like two kids, two and under, and jobs to work and life to live. Like, who has time for that? Again, moral of the story here is you've got to make time. <laughs> Listen to your body. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what the uh, internet indicates. So I quickly jump online, make a telehealth appointment, and go through the motions. So, um, short story long was that I've had some blood tests. They've come back. I've had glandular fever. Don't you love that? You've had it, sir. It's no longer active. So it seems like um, the doctor's pretty confident I was the end of the the virus. But uh, glandular, had it. Definitely had an infection, though, he said. All your inflammatory markers are up. You guys don't need to know my medical history too detailed, I suppose. But what I'm saying here is I knew the signs. I knew that I was coming into a busy season or a busy week, your seasons might be weeks, they might be days, they might be months, who knows, however you structure your calendar. I knew that I probably, well, I didn't forecast far enough in my mind realistically, I guess, to think that doing all of those things across a weekend, you know, would cause me to crash in the middle because I was so prepared. I was I was so prepared. Like I said, I'd, I'd visualised it, I'd actually written everything out, drawn out the plan for the week, like my schedule is immaculate. But the body doesn't care for your schedule. It's been funny as as I release a podcast each week and they're all just programmed in there. And, and it's funny how like the release order, I suppose, the release order that they've come out in which the content has reflected so many different storylines and narratives of, of conversation I'm having with people outside of, the show um but like just you know i at the moment i know a lot of people are struggling with being run down burnout um i myself have been feeling that way it's okay to feel that way but you have to do something you have to at least recognize it and try well at least try to recognize it and try to put a stop to it because the further that you do go on the the, the harder it is to get out I know we've spoken about it with a couple of my guests in the past eight weeks, um, habitual burnout, in which it's it becomes more than just that physical lethargy and the mental apathy, but the the mental health side of it can really um, play a part in 
in forming bad habits that are hard to break or relapsing into old habits that you had already broken. Consistency is the thing that I think we need to maintain. And this is something that I've found listening back to the episodes over the last eight weeks that like every guest has in common. It's a discipline in their consistency. And it's the recognition when they're not being consistent that they're then the ones almost self-sabotaging, or at least just then they're not helping themselves, maybe not self-sabotaging. But either way, you've got to listen to your body. What things can you do if you're feeling this way? Number one would be stop. (laughs) Take a day. Start with a day. You owe it to yourself to take a day. You are only a human being. And if you do, and it's funny, like people say this to me and I say it to my staff, I say it to my colleagues and I'm, you know, again, it's almost like one of those do as I say, not as I do things because I know that I still am flawed in this, but it is very much like stop, take a day. And look, I do do that. I very much do now because like I said earlier, whatever you're doing, it will be there tomorrow. Whoever you're letting down will be there tomorrow. You're only going to let yourself down more if you show up as well as then do a disservice to that person if you're not even there mentally 100%, you know what I mean? So stop, number one. Number two is reassess, like actually stop and write things down. Writing things down, people underestimate the power of your hand putting those words out by you seeing those words and then reading them back in and and what that can do for you. But like write it down and then look at that list. And if you go, fuck, I've got 32 things I need to do. Like nobody should have 32 things to do today. Nobody. <laughs> Let's think about that. I had this chat with a client the other day who was saying six things. And I was like, hundred percent. That's a great place to be. One major thing, one big task, two medium tasks, three small tasks. If you can chip away at those, fantastic. I remember starting out in in the digital industry and when we were, you know, first starting out on an internship and you're doing scrum and you get excited and you just want to be, you want to be noticed, you want to be working hard and putting your best foot forward. So like I remember a list like every day in my notebook would be so, so long. And even then my manager used to say to me, like, you don't have to do all those things. And I'd say, no, it's okay, but I'm doing them. And she'd say, all right, but just, you know, just be aware that, like, you're you're going really hard and it's, it's not sustainable. And lo and behold, quite right. But it's the idea of, like, if you put those 17 things down on your list and you know that you can't achieve them, or if even if you're like, I've got to do them, A, you can then develop that workload stress where you look at that list and it becomes overwhelming you get that anxiety you do not want to go through with it you don't even know where to start so that's not a good place to be (laughs) that's not setting yourself up not only that but if if you are someone who's like i've got 17 things on the list and you are working through them and let's say you don't achieve them but then you look at those ticks and you go hey those okay i didn't get them all done so you feel like you've failed for the day because you didn't achieve them all but was it a realistic goal that you set yourself ask yourself that Was it realistic? The same thing goes when you look at not just, I guess, your day-to-day, but like your overall responsibilities. What are they? Who are they to? And do they make you feel good? Do they give you an outcome that is beneficial to you and your life, to your values, to your 
purpose to your goals, like those are the things that should be assessed. So when you're looking at that list, reassess it and go, what can go today? What can go for good? Does it spark joy? That's what I would do for that first part of, I guess, like assessing your responsibilities, your workload, your stresses. Next, move. Move, move, move. Go for a walk. Go for a, a, a walk to the letterbox if it is the only place you can walk to. But if you can, get outside, move your body, walk around your backyard, walk around your house, but move. Move through space and time because that will offer your brain an opportunity to blow out the cobwebs and start reigniting some of those engines. Move. Circulate the blood. If you can, ring a friend. Book a time to go for a walk you know, outside in nature or say, let's grab a coffee and go for a walk even. Which brings me to my next point. Talk, communicate with people. When you're feeling flat, let people know you're feeling flat. When you're feeling mentally flat, let people know you're feeling mentally flat. At the end of the day, all you can really be is honest with yourself and honest with those around you. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's nothing to be ashamed about. Because the realities are that every single person has something that they're carrying around with them, whether that be tiredness because they didn't sleep, whether that be the mental stress of a, a workplace situation, you know, a, a pet, <laughs> um, whatever it is, everybody has a different stress or, or something they're carrying with them, a weight. So if you're able to be honest, it offers other people around you to be honest too. Helps you recognize when you are feeling like you're not sleeping because your mind is running at a million miles an hour. It helps you recognize when you're feeling like you're not taking care of yourself and you actually just don't care. But if you're talking to people and you've got people around you who can also communicate openly with you, they can call you out on that and help you recognize and vice versa. So talk. Stop. Reassess. Move. Talk. And then lastly, take care of yourself. So you've really got to do some self-care here. Eat healthily. Macca's is not going to make you feel better. I'll tell you. And I'm a McDonald's fiend. Like I'm a McDonald's comfort eater. Like to me, that is like a big hug. But I know it's not good for me. So eat well. Get some fruit. Fresh fruit for me is like my like body's instant waker upper like every time i have fresh fruit i feel fantastic and some veggies broccoli mm. get the broccoli into you that's what happened last week awful awful time i have been feeling much better this week i've been doing a lot of reflecting on um i guess the pain that i felt last week because it was scary i cried a lot last week um those of you who know me know that i cry already like i'm a very emotional person i'm an empath um, I feel things deeply just on my day to day and, and I care very deeply. Um, and not that my emotions can, I mean, they can control me some days. Um, but like I, I often find after like a, a big migraine like that, I, I do feel quite emotional, quite mentally strained, overwhelmed and helpless. Like I find it to be a really helpless place because you, like I mentioned, I woke up feeling like I was just paralyzed almost. Like I couldn't, I couldn't move. And that's scary. Like that's actually a very scary thought because you kind of go, what is happening here? Like 
um, uh, another uh, colleague, one of um, one of our son's childcare workers, suffers migraines, um, and so I've I've opened, like one day I went in to drop him off and I noticed her immediately, like if you know what you're looking for, you can spot her, and um, like straight away I was like, are you okay? She said, oh, I'm just having a bit of a migraine. I was like, no, I can see this. Like you, you, you had these sunglasses on looking like Bono. Um, but like straight away, like you, this is the worst environment for you. Like there are children literally grappling at you and screaming at you and this poor girl. And so I said to her, like, have you, what do you take for it? And we just sort of opened this dialogue and she was like, oh, I've like not ever discussed it to this level. Like with some people, like people just don't get it. And that's exactly what I felt like for so long. People just don't get it. Or then, like, you know, people just like, oh, well, it's just a, you're just stressed out. It's just your diet. It's just whatever. Like, blah, we've been down this road. Um, anywho, but chatting with her the other day, um, she said, oh, I've, I heard your podcast with Dr. Cass and was crying listening to it because it just felt like you would, like, I got it. You, you understood it. That was me. Like, that's my story. And, um, and so she was like, oh, I heard you were sick last week. I said, yep, yeah, I was sick last week. Um, awful, awful time. She said, oh, me too. Um, I woke up and couldn't move like my arm, like my arm, my like left side. Like I had to like tell my brain to move my arm. And I was like, yes, like, oh my God, that's exactly what it felt like last week. Like when I was like, I need to get up, like I need to get myself to the shower. It's like, it's like that scene in Kill Bill where she's in the coffin at the beginning and she's like wiggle, oh no, in the car, sorry. And she's like, wiggle your big toe wiggle your big toe like it's like that like it's a scary place so like once you I guess go through that for three days and you've done this repeatedly like I said I do have this sort of big emotional release because it's it's scary and I do get scared every time I just don't want to be in that position anymore and having now not been there for so long, it, it it's made me realise again, like it just makes me go, fuck, this is awful and I'm not the only person suffering through it and I know there are people who have things a lot worse out there and a lot better, but it doesn't take away that this is still an ordinary situation for so many. So um, I will continue to talk about this um, and to share my experience, because I want to create awareness. There is so many new things that are coming out for migraine treatment and the studies are increasing and you know what I mean? Like it's just another thing that we don't know enough about. It's scary. And I said to Joya, it's like when you've gone through it for so long and you're trying to find answers and then you find one answer, but then something else changes. Like So like the sweats, for example, last week, the sweats and the shakes, they're also characteristics of a migraine attack. So they very well could have been aligned with the migraine rather than an infection or fighting that off. So again, there's just there were so many layers to it. Um, but it's like putting a puzzle together and you do not know what this picture looks like. Or the picture keeps changing and that's really frustrating. I don't even know if I've got all the pieces when I put this picture together some days. And um, that's what it feels like. That's, that's probably the best analogy. <laughs> a few other things I wanted to talk about today. Um, off the back of that, like, it's funny, like, communicating with family and being like, hey, so we're all sick, lol. Um, again, you know, everyone's got to take care of themselves. But um, <laughs> mum goes, you work so hard. You just work so hard all the time. You just need to take a break. And it's funny because that made me think, 
I don't know how. I never have known how to because I guess it was always growing up like practice, practice. Like, I don't know. Like I feel like that was the thing that was really belted into me a bit. Not physically belted, but, but like, you know what I'm saying? Repeated to me, ingrained in me. Even now, like my parents are two of the most hardworking people ever. And I think that's a generational thing too. They've always had to work for what they've had and they continue to do so. And they've like, dad shows no signs of slowing, even though he probably should stop and retire at some point. Um, but it's again, like the examples I've always been shown are of hard work for the reward. There's probably something to be said about working smarter, not harder in today's society and with today's um, options for work, technology improvements, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I guess like the examples, like I said, I've always seen are hardworking and I've always been told to work hard. And now as an adult, I love working hard. Like I'm one of those people who does not fear hard work. I thrive in it. And yet when I have time off, I, I probably never fully relax. To be honest, I feel like the last time I really fully like, well, another time that I can really remember fully relaxing was our honeymoon. And just like days by the pool, reading, drinking, eating, like that's relaxed um, completely and utterly. And there are times, you know, through meditation and, you know, my own mindfulness where I can achieve a state of relaxed and um, peace. But I guess like when I, when I say, you know, everyone's like, just you got to relax. But I take time off and I'll, I'll sit and I'll watch a movie and that's, it's nice. It's downtime. Do I fully relax? Probably not. I don't know. I just don't know how. And that's that's something that made me think this week about like, well, you know what? What am I teaching my kids? Like I want to teach them to work hard because I think that's such a life skill. <laughs> and I know a lot of people that I work with and talk with and, um, you know, daily almost, people are like, people just don't want to work hard anymore. It's true. That's what it feels like sometimes. People just don't want to work hard anymore. What? Actually, that's that's a funny comment that a client made earlier this week. Is that somebody was complaining about the pressure in their job, so they're going to get another job, but the job they're getting is of equal, if not higher, pressure. I'm like, but they don't understand what pressure is. Then you have to expect pressure in all jobs. Anyway, but yeah, people don't want to work hard apparently. So, what message am I going to send to my kids? What example? So I'm very mindful now especially this week as I've like tried to take a bit of a step back on all sides of things, take a step back from, you know, have a weekend off from emceeing the weddings and uh, have a week off from releasing a podcast and having that conversation or just that mind, that thought, just that thought there. Um, I want to show them that it's okay to recharge. It's really important. It's not even okay. It's necessary. I want to show them that it's necessary for you to stop, you know, whatever that looks like at whatever interval, whether that be through your planning and saying, well, I'm only going to do like every, every three weeks, I'm going to do this for me. Like, you know, that's something I should probably do. <laughs> I should book a massage every three weeks. Um, but that's the example I want to set. I want to show them that you have to stop. It's okay to take a break. I want to teach them what taking a break looks like. It's something that I'm still learning and I don't have all the answers still. Um, but we can only learn. We can only be open to learn, right? I think so.
today's been fun. <laughs> Today has been fun. I've got, um, wait, what am I doing? I've got another announcement to make that I'm very excited to share with you. I can't believe I was going to almost just forget this. But COVID last year, 2020, set off so many new trends. Not trends. Set off so many new habits and hobbies and just interests and things that we got to do that we probably didn't get to do for a while. And one of those things that I did was I reconnected with drawing um, and just realized how much I enjoyed doodling, (laughs) illustrating, and I uh, connected with an author who sent me a poem um, that had that that they wanted to turn into a book, and uh, I read it and I just loved it. And so I actually asked if I could illustrate it, and she was kind enough to let me do so. I've written it, um, I've illustrated it under a pseudonym, um, that of River Wilder, which is actually my my two boys' middle names, River and Wilder. <laughs> um, but it's called A Piece of Happy by Maria Anthony. Um, she runs the Pass It On series. If you have kids, if you know me, if um, if I've shared the book with you already and you're like, what are you involved with? Um, yes, I am River Wilder and I illustrated my first children's book um, in 2020, which uh, we actually released it in February of this year. Um, the first print was released. It's on. It's already had its second print, which is fantastic. Um, it's been shared all over social media at the Pass It On series on Instagram, um, being loved by families all over the world. It's a, a, just a story of how I guess acts of kindness make you feel, um, not just the people that are receiving that gift of kindness, but how do you feel when you do it? Um, and that's a really important message to to spread with our our kids today. I'm going to release my podcast with her next week because she just spreads joy and kindness wherever she goes. And it's a beautiful story of understanding not only the signs of burnout, but the energies around you um, and doing something for you that ignites your passion. Um, So that'll be on next week's episode, Maria Anthony. I love that you guys are still here. I'm really grateful for it. I hope that you're hearing something that is inspiring you. I'm really excited about... um, really excited that I've done this first one. Thanks to my, my beautiful wife, Joya, for encouraging me. You really do keep me in line, which is the best. You're my, you're my favourite. I can't wait for you to hear the next lot of interviews that I have banked up because there is some incredible conversations, some of my favourite conversations um, that I've ever had with some of the most incredible people both new faces, some old faces, um, and some really, really special people to to me and to different industries. So I'm really excited to share those in the coming uh, months with you. And this journey continues. If you want any more information about the alchemy of success, if you are interested in any one-to-one coaching or mentoring or one-to-many group uh, workshops um, to help you find your alchemy of success with me, Vince Fusco, then do get in touch, vincefusco.com. I'm going to get out of here. I will see you guys on the flippity flop. Bye. Bye. 
To continue the conversation, suggest a topic, a guest, or if you'd like to share your success strategies and journey, then connect with me and the podcast on Instagram at the real Vince Fusco. See you there.